to further this discussion and get into what's behind in terms of some of the fundamentals and uh, the price activity we just looked at. I want to bring in the chief economies, chief commodities economist at Stonex Financial, Arlen Suderman joins us. Arlen, good to have you with us. Welcome uh, back to the Future Show. Last time on, I was out of town. You were with JB. Uh, I was just looking at the move up this week in crude to 78 in the WTI, the Brent up to 85, but pointing out how on the bigger picture it's still relatively contained. Yeah, it really is. And as you pointed out over the last couple of months, we're we're kind of in the middle of that range between around 72 and 82 dollars. Uh, this market is kind of supported by the fact that uh, we could be on the verge of a, a breakout to the upside on demand as China comes out of COVID. Uh, I think there's a lot of mixed signals here on how quickly China is going to come out as as they open things up and COVID moved rather rapidly through and they developed herd immunity. We saw a big surge in consumer spending for recreational leisure, restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. But big ticket items are still hurting. And so that's kind of making us wonder, okay, how quick is it going to be? And as I talk to our people in China, they say, you know, those big ticket items are largely purchased by uh, business owners and uh, who have really struggled through the last three years with all the restrictions. And it's going to take some time for them to get their income levels up They'll be able to afford those bigger ticket items. So while China's coming out quickly, and that bodes for the opportunity to raise global demand for crude oil by one, maybe up to two million barrels per day, um, maybe it's going to be a little bit slower and really getting their economy on track because of the lingering effects of those three years of COVID restrictions. And then in the United States, we're getting mixed signals as well. So that keeps limiting the upside. And then when you look at uh, what's happening with Russia, in the sanctions against Russia and the price caps against Russia, much of the oil starting to move on the dark fleet. Is the dark fleet big enough to carry the volume of oil? Are we going to start seeing a reduction of oil available on the market because of a limited dark fleet to move that oil or not? A lot of uncertainty. And so those factors just kind of keep oil on the verge of wanting to break out but can't because of we just don't see the data to support it yet. But yet when it gets low, we think, man, that oil is really cheap. I want to own it at that level. And so we're building this kind of this sideways choppy uh, trading range until things play out a little bit more as we go into the year. You know, uh, Arlen, I'm curious, as you mentioned, some of those limiting upside factors uh, in terms of geopolitics, right? That was one of the focal points this week. I don't want to make too big of a deal out of this balloon, but kind of compounded in addition to some of the semiconductor, uh, you know, contentious, uh, you know, back and forth that we had seen. Uh, it just seems like a bit of deglobalization that's been kind of playing out. And I'm kind of think about the impact that that has on price. It really does. And if we look at this from a big picture standpoint, prior to Russia invading Ukraine, we'd become very comfortable with the just-in-time supply of commodities mm -hmm. around the world because we have a very efficient transportation system. We could get commodities to anywhere we wanted them. We also see this played out in the corn market. When you look at corn supplies in the world as a percent of annual usage, they've been trending lower for 50 years. You could look at other commodities as well because we could get them where we needed them whenever we needed them. Russia invades Ukraine, and suddenly all that changes. 
no longer are you doing business with whoever has the shortest freight route to get it to you at the cheapest price. Now it's, are you a friend to Russia or are you not? Are you a friend to China or are you not? We're changing the freight lines. That lengthens them. That raises the cost of freight. No longer can we depend on being able to get the supplies that we may need when we need them in short order. So countries are saying, maybe I need to build up and hoard supplies, especially the food commodities. So it's really changing the whole thinking of the commodity sector. And as we look at the inflation, as you were talking about in the previous segment and the Federal Reserve and everything, a lot of our disinflation, if you will, has come because of decreasing commodity prices. But I think we're very susceptible, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but we're very susceptible to seeing a surge back in those commodity prices if something happens. There's a lot of potential things that could happen or disruptors that could happen in 2023. And that's starting to get the markets a little bit nervous and precipitating some money flowing back into these commodities. But they're just waiting for that trigger point really to, to push things higher and stronger. Waiting for that trigger point again, kind of feeding back to what I was just talking about in terms of how price activity is a sign of uh, just being very much contained and again looking for more information. But let's talk a little bit about uh, what we're seeing in terms of the supply side of things because uh, I did notice the API, the uh, first draw in something like seven weeks. Uh, the obviously EIA probably more closely watched today, but what are you seeing in terms of the supply side? Yeah, and that's going to come back again to the economy. And we have really increased supply this last couple of years by finishing wells that were started but not completed prior to COVID. Now, in order to continue to increase supply, we need a lot more investment mm -hmm. in shale oil fields, et cetera, in order to increase that supply. The current environment is certainly not favorable for that investment, especially in the ESG environment that we live in right now. Uh, even the broader picture, as we look at OPEC, they're having more difficulty reading, uh, meeting, meeting their own quotas at this point for output. So if we do have that more significant increase in demand as China comes back. If the U.S. economy is actually as strong as what the last jobs report would suggest it is, then that would suggest that we're going to have a demand rising much faster than what we can increase the supply of crude oil over the coming year. And price rationing may be necessary to do that at higher levels than what we're currently at. It's just that can we? We're getting those mixed signals. We got a jobs report that says we got a strong economy and we need more crude oil. But the other signals, the economy say, no, we don't. And I think there's a little bit of confusion right now. We're waiting to see how that plays out. Arlen, you mentioned uh, Russia's war in Ukraine recently. We've been hearing about uh, how Putin's kind of ramping things up in terms of troops into the spring. There's uh, potential for another wave. Ultimately, I guess I'm curious uh, what we should be looking for in terms of energies, metals, grains, and, uh, uh, you know, the impact that that has. It, it does seem like along with that, oftentimes, or we did uh, uh, last year, saw strength in the U.S. dollar, that safe haven type tendency, and that oftentimes, again, sort of wash, rinse, repeat or snowball effect in terms of the impact that has on commodities? Yeah, the marketplace tends to get desensitized to issues as they prolong for a period of time. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on almost one year since the February 24th invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And we built a big risk premium into commodity prices when that happened. And we virtually have taken that risk premium out for many of the commodities affected. Um, the market's saying, okay, yeah, things are tighter, things are disrupted, uh, but we're living with it and we're getting along. Um, we focused on recession and maybe 
we won't need commodities because of recession. But that risk is still there, and we'd say intensifying. If you look at what's happening in Russia right now, Putin is facing domestic pressure. He either needs to win this war or pull out. And he's not of the personality to pull out and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. We're going to go home with our tail between our legs. He's not going to do that. Uh, that's not in his personality. And so he has to keep escalating. And I think there's a, some key comments that were made by former president of Russia recently who said there's no reason for a nuclear power country to lose a major military conflict. Hmm. In other words, we have tools that we can use to win the war. The West continues to get increasingly involved, yeah. sending tanks and other equipment. That angers Putin more. He has to escalate things to win this thing. And that means in 2023, we have more risk of things escalating to the point where they disrupt trade, not with just Ukraine, but with Russia, and block the flow of commodities that come out of this commodity-rich area of the world. Arlen, good to have you with us. I look forward to following up on this discussion at some point. Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at Stonex Financial, Inc.